0: Luke chapter 14 and verse 17 and maybe some of you have said he preached on this before no we'll I explain in a moment the master of the house sent his servant at supper time to say to them never been come." for all things are now rather. I want to return to this particular parable that we considered a few weeks ago we want to look at something else in the parable it is a parable about a certain man who made a great supper a certain man the certain man the Lord was speaking about in the parable would refer to himself. He's the certain man. He's identified as the Lord Jesus. And the Great Supper may be seen as the great work of salvation. You think of the work that had gone into this supper and the preparation and the cost. The great salvation which Christ has purchased with his own blood and what a price the Lord paid for our salvation. Those who were bidden typified for us sinners who offered who are offered their salvation through the gospel ministry. Because through the gospel message sinners are bidden to come, come For all things are now ready. In other words, the work is finished. All things are now ready. You just come. (coughs) It is a message for whosoever will come. But there needs to be one, at least, there needs to be one who will take this message. Who will take the message to sinners and tell them, come, for all things are now ready. Paul says, Romans 10 verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? how shall they hear without a preacher somebody needs to go needs to be someone to go and preach and tell them all ready come to the finished work it's all ready who is going to take this message who is going to take this message to those in need This leads us to the one in the parable who's referred to as the servant. And the rest thing isn't. No names given. He's just called the servant. Speaks Speaks to us of his just a humble servant of his master it wasn't interested in promoting self but in promoting this supper and telling folk come for all things are now ready the work is finished come and so it is with us today the servant the servant may be a preacher may be a missionary as we noted this morning in the life of Andrew maybe a personal worker their duty is to invite sinners to the great supper saying come for all things are now ready." I want to look at this servant no nobody said. no name is given just a servant that's all good to be known as a servant of the Lord wouldn't it just to be known as a servant of the God of heaven. They've been mentioned before what C.F. Spurgeon said. The mighty preacher. Spurgeon said, if God has called you to preach, if He's called you to the ministry, don't stoop to be a king. In other words, Spurgeon is emphasizing the high calling of being a servant of the Lord. So let us look at this servant. We notice, first of all, the Master's personal servant. In verse 21, this certain man is called the Master of the House. And the servant was his personal servant. First of all we notice the servant was owned. The servant was owned. We're introduced to him in verse 17 in our text and he is described as his servant. He belonged to the master. This indicates that he was owned by the master of the house. First of all, it speaks to us about the price. The price. This reminds us that our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, owns us. He does, believer. We're owned. We're not our. Own. We're not our own. We're bought with a price 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which ye have of God ye are not your own ye are not your own we don't live unto ourselves we are to live unto God for ye are bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's, see ya glorify God in your body which is God's our bodies belong to the Lord not something we belong to the Lord remember what Paul said Romans Twelve, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God (coughs) that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service I'd like to do a series sometime I'm thinking about on Romans 12 just that Romans uh, chapter 12 but here Paul says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God why? because it's your reasonable service it's the least you can do it's the least that you can do we notice not only the price we've been bought with the price we notice his place this sermon a certain man is called the master of the house in the parable the Lord speaking about himself Do you notice there was no other master in the house there's no other master referred to there was but one master in the house and this individual was a servant to that one master therefore the servant had only one master to serve he was not a servant to two or three masters you can see where we're going we have but one master. We serve Christ, but we serve Christ alone. Not ourselves, but we serve the Lord. The Lord Jesus has told us, He's told us that. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. <coughs> See, the Lord repeated that. Kiss and it What did he say? No servant can serve two masters. And then the Lord said, he cannot serve God and mammon must serve the Lord. The so night to the Lord. So we have noticed his this uh, servant. We have noticed his place, his price. Then we notice his priority the big Andrew this morning, we noted his priority in telling his brother Simon Peter about the Lord. Priority. Elsewhere in the parable, this individual is referred to as that servant, verse 21 and the servant, verse 22 but in the first mention of the servant how does he describe verse 17? He as his servant. That is the servant of the, the master. He's his, he's his servant. This would teach us that he was his servant first and all. In other words, regarding this servant, the master came first in his life. He was his servant. Let it be the Lord come first 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 in our lives is he first in our lives next we have as well as the servant was owned we see also the servant and his office as a name indicates this man was a servant in his master's house that is he was nothing more he was nothing more than a servant he served the master and this individual was just a servant he was nothing more than a servant That's all we are. Would this not keep us humble when we keep this in mind? (coughs) And keep it in our minds and in our hearts. We are nothing more servants. Servants of the Most High God. Sometimes we would like to think of ourselves as being more than that. You know how the old flesh gets in? And there's pride there? And self-centeredness there? No. We're just servants. And servants of the Lord. And Luke 17, verse 10, at our very best, listen, at our very best, we are unprofitable servants. So you see there's nothing for us to take pride in. Nothing for us to boast about. At our very best we are unprofitable servants. Just look at that verse Luke 17 and verse 10. Verse 10 we read (coughs) So likewise ye when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you say we are unprofitable servants we have done that which was our duty to do we have done what was our duty to do and whenever it's done the Lord says you can still look upon yourself as an unprofitable servant. In other words, we could have done more. We could have done even more. And we read in Romans 5, Romans chapter 1, just see in Romans 1, verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, verse 5, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God it was a servant. The mighty Paul (coughs) describes himself as a servant. And the grace which saved us is the grace that made us servants. I mention grace because you look at our reading there in Luke 14. And regarding this servant. Servant is mentioned five times. (coughs) Five of numbers are important. Five is the number of grace. How do we become servants? By the grace of God. We're servants by the grace of God. Nothing in us, remember... We do our best and we're still unprofitable servants. There's still more that could be done. We notice also the servant and his orders. The servant received orders from his master again in our text, verse 17 and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready there there we have the orders given he was given a word from his master to deliver to the people come for all things are now ready and as a servant of the Lord we have received a word from him to give to people I mentioned the place I worked, I mentioned it this morning, another engineering factory I was in. There was a person there, and I saw that individual many times in the factory floor. And then one day I learned that that individual professed to know the Lord and I in my own safe state at that time I was surprised because I had seen that individual in the factory for a number of years and I didn't know that person was safe she never told me that person didn't tell anybody they were safe there's many a Thomas there's many an individual who keeps it to themselves All right. Thomas the Joseph of Arimathea don't have anybody well we know what changed Joseph it was a view of the cross he saw Christ on the cross he couldn't keep it to himself anymore and he went into Pilate's hall right in to the presence of Pilate and begged the body of Christ took it down often think of that often think of Joseph there's the Lord nailed to the cross and you think of Joseph somewhere or other climbing up it touches your heart just to think of it The leg of Joseph pulling out the nails from the hands of the Saviour and from his feet. That's what changed them. Everybody knew Joseph was a disciple of the Lord. He was no longer a disciple but secretly. And so it is. Here's the servant that was given orders to go out and tell the people, come for all things are now ready. What a wonderful message that is. So we've seen the servant was owned, the servant and his office, the servant and his orders. Then we have the servant and his obedience. His mm-hmm. obedience. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the Master sent his servant with a message. Verses 17 and 18. He sent his servant at supper time to say to them that we're come for all things are now ready, and they, all with one, consent began to make excuse not interesting you sort of imagine there should be another verse in between those two verses what do we read he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that are bidden, come for all things are now ready and they all with one consent began to make excuse that tells me that tells me that servant wasted no time when he was given the orders he was gone he was gone and the next verse tells us and they all as one accord began to make excuse in other words he was gone and he was already testifying and doing the work that his master had told him to do no hanging around no making excuse he was gone as far as this servant was concerned there was no argument there was no debate there was no sign of disobedience, there was no delay the Lord and the servant and the master gave him an order and the servant was gone where so it ought to be And the Lord gives us an order, we ought to respond immediately. Luke chapter 7. Remember the centurion? Luke 7 and verse 8. And the centurion said to the Lord, For I also am a man. Said under authority I have under me soldier and I say unto one go and he goeth and to another come and he cometh; and to my servant do this and he doeth it this is a soldier and he's talking about ordering the men under him and when he says do it it's done may that be our experience as well but if the Lord tells us to do it waste no time waste no time no time to lose The souls need to be reached with the gospel The Master's personal servant. We notice also the Master's praying servant. The servant has gone out with the invitations come for all things, I now read it. And he returns to speak to his Master. Verse 21. Verse 21. Mm-hmm. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. It indicates he had already gone. And he came, came back again. He wasted no time in going. He came back to tell his master about what had happened. What did he tell Tell his master. He told him his master about the refusals the servant was sent out to bid many to the great supper and the servant had returned empty handed nobody came to the great supper he came back empty handed like the disciples they're fishing they toiled all night and caught nothing However long this servant labored for his master, we're not told. But he came back with nothing. He was empty-handed. What disappointment he must have felt. A disappointment felt by every minister, every missionary, every personal worker. God out according to the will of God, with the word of God, to do the work of God, we come back empty handed. No response. That's tough. For any gospel preacher, it was tough. W.P. Nicholson, great Ulster preacher, preached many gospel campaigns around the country announced on America told you about having, having leanings in the Ulster Hall in the middle of Belfast and the men who worked in the shipyard whenever the whistle blew for the end of the day's work they would walk from the shipyard to the Ulster Hall it was quite a walk and they were there just in their overalls Nicholas was glad to see them W.P. Nicholson the great man of God and a great worker for the Lord praised the gospel mission in a town called Balmahinch and that doesn't mean much to you but a place called Balmahinch in County died. <clears throat> the end of the mission it was very disappointing He didn't see very much done. His comment afterwards, that town is as hard as hell. He wasn't being frivolous. This was a man who preached with power. He was conducting a mission somewhere and staying in a home. I told you this before, but bear telling again, he was staying in a home and he told the lady of the house in the morning just leave my breakfast outside the bedroom door and I'll get it sometime lunch time came breakfast was still sitting there supper time came breakfast was still there Nick our yeah, Nicholson got up and got Washington out to the meetings that he was conducting The lady of the house went into the bedroom to tidy things up, make the bed and so forth. She was surprised. When she came to the bed where Nicholson was sleeping, the sheets were all torn and ripped apart. No, it wasn't vandalism. It was Nicholson on his knees at his bedside, agonizing. For souls. That's who he was. He agonized for souls and really, in a sense, he didn't realize what he was doing. He was tearing the sheets in the bed. And Nicholson, yet the mighty man that he was, still, he experienced disappointments when in places. He didn't see the results that he wanted to see. He had refusals, if you like. We all meet with those refusals. And this disappointment, these refusals can crush a minister a personal worker. He goes out and preaches and there's no response. As well as the refusals, we have his return after having gone to many with an invitation to the great supper, and no one responded. What would he do now? Well, we're told that servant came and showed his lord these things. First of all what he did, he got out he spread the word, come for all things are now ready nobody came what did he do, he returned to his master's house and what did he say so that servant came and showed his lord these things in other words he told the master of the house all that had taken place he came back to life because he knew his master would be there and he came back and he spoke to his master what a lovely lesson there is there and a lovely truth that there is there you go out and you preach the word maybe in gospel missions two two or three weeks the little response you put your whole heart into it and the little response. What are you doing? You go back to the master. You back to Christ and tell him all about it. You just unburn your heart to the Lord. And so Christ is our resort in our times of disappointment. We can go to the Lord and tell him. Because we know That he will hear us. That he will help us. That he will heal us. For he is our rock and a weary lamb. And in our disappointments, we go to Christ and unburden our heart. We tell him, we tell him. We tell them all. All set before him, all our disappointments. Highness, man, we're glad we have won the turn to. We don't have to bear the burden alone. Praise the Lord. So we notice the refusals. We notice his return. We notice his report. The servant returned to his master and showed his Lord these things (laughs) listen that word showed is a word that means to tell and to go into detail so the servant returned and told his man and went into detail about how the people whom he had invited had made an excuse and wouldn't come. He went into every detail. The master obviously listened. And in the Lord Jesus Christ, our master, he's a good listener. you read that passage of scripture again of the Emmaus disciples they're coming from Jerusalem, they're cast down and a stranger draws near and walks with them and he asks them why, why are you so sad have you not heard and the Lord walked with them and the Emmaus disciples talk and they talk and they talk, you can read the chapter of Luke 24 for yourself and you'll see they did all the talk the Lord never said a word and believer the Lord Jesus Christ is a good listener he's a good listener he listened to those of us disciples he listened to what they had to say and they certainly went into detail it's the third day and he said he would rise that's the third day Christ is a good listener believer when the disciples heard about the death of John the Baptist they have these words and they went and told Jesus praise the Lord isn't that nice they heard about the death of John the Baptist, and they went and told Jesus, because they knew they would have a listening ear and an understanding heart. And believer, whenever you're disappointed and discouraged and cast down and ready to give up, go and tell Jesus. This servant of his master—that's what he did. He went and told his master, but into detail. Do you know something? When we have had disappointments and we're discouraged and we go and tell Jesus the Lord knows all about discouragements and disappointments. You are going to read John chapter 6. What do we read? And from that day forth Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Yes, I know the Lord Jesus is called. He's also man. He wept as men weep. He cried as men cried. He suffered as men suffer. He thirsted. and he knew what disappointment was and that's why listen that's why the Lord Jesus Christ often repeated the words and I'll repeat them again many times that we have in Christ a great high priest who is touched by the feelings of our infirmities he doesn't stand aloof, he doesn't stand at a distance. He's touched. The word touch means he enters into. It. He enters into. The brother and sister can know something about our disappointment and how we feel and come and put their arm around us and say, Brother, sister, I'll be praying for you. And they mean it. But that's as far as they can go. Can't enter the heart. The Lord, count yeah. and He is touched by the feeling of our infirmities because He's been there before us, He knows all about it, He knows all about disappointments. We say, also, if I delay the master's personal servant the master's praying servant and then the master's persevering servant after having told his master about the disappointment the master spoke verse 21 so that servant came and showed his lord these things Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant Go out quickly In other words The master sent him out again He sent him out again There we have first of all the word The servant had returned to his master so that the servant came and showed his lord these things Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant. There's the word. In other words, the servant got a word from his master. as what to do next. Isn't that good? Isn't it good? When everything seems to be against you and you're disappointed and you're cast down and discouraged. But you go to the book and you get a word from the Lord. Why doesn't it lift you up? That's what you need is a word from the Lord. And this word from the Lord told the servant what to do. He said go out. Go out again. In other words, his master was telling him to keep going and keep going. Keep going back and back again. used to persist. That's what we do. We just keep at it. <coughs> we keep at it in prayer we keep at it in prayer we keep praying Lord bring in to this time of Port Hope we weren't here very long till we were told that the religious individuals of the time said oh it's not Port Hope it's the Port of No Hope of the hardness but there's hope while there's a God in heaven there's a hope where there's power in the book and there is hope where there's power in prayer, we just have to keep at it, go again, the Lord told the, the master told the serpent go, go, again that's what we must do we must keep at it and keep going, get a word from the Lord as well as the word, there is the way. He was told to go into the streets and lanes of the city. He was told to go into the highways and hedges. So the servant of the Lord needs to be told where to go. And there's only one person who can do that. That's the Lord. Remember, again, we make reference to the disciples. The disciples. They fished all night and they caught nothing. And the Lord appeared on the shores of Galilee. Children, have ye any meat? He said. Of course there's nothing. What did the Lord say? Cast your net on the right side of the ship. And when they did so, they had such a draught of fish as the boat nearly sank. Uh, the Lord always knows what to do he knows what the right side of the ship is and he told this master told his servant go into the streets and lanes of the city into the highways and hedges he told them where to go as the Lord told him cast your net on the right side of the ship he never makes a mistake he never makes a estate the then we have the willingness the servant was willing to keep going and he did have success we were be willing to keep going and the Lord the reward is verses 23 and 24 the Lord has a people out there the Lord has his elect out there need somebody to tell them how will they hear without a preacher faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God let's be this servant in this parable and keep going and keep praying and keep laboring until we see the breakthrough the Lord will give us and the Lord bless his word through our hearts, father Oh dear Lord, thou hast shown us tonight the labours of a faithful servant. He was faithful, labored on his own, just one servant. We know, Lord, that many of our missionaries labor on their own and how do they need our prayers. But well, we know, Lord, they often suffer disappointments. Not only in the mission field, but here at home. But Lord, help us to keep going by thy grace. Give us the grace, the determination to keep at it knowing that our dear saviour suffered disappointments too Lord write this word upon our hearts and be take home and meditate upon it. and bless it Lord to our souls be with us Lord throughout this week and are going out and coming and keep us all safe and healthy and well looking on to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be our abiding portion now. And until the day breaks and the shadows, they all flee away. Amen.